When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Good day to all the Marbleheads out there this week. Coming to you from the ITM Media Studios, rambling about racing. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Amber Sligel. Researchers have enjoyed the recording and bringing it to you. And joined here by always, joined here as always, I should say, by Charlie Herkus from his home there in Sweet Home, Alabama. Charlie, how's it going, man? Hi, cool, good, cool, good. A little under the weather today, me and my daughter, but um, oh no. We're, we're rebounding and uh, hopefully be back at work tomorrow because she's going back to school tomorrow for sure. So she <laughs> missed first, a day. And <laughs> she missed the first day of school already? No, uh, she missed her fourth day. So she she's been her... back since last Thursday. Oh, so wow. she's already already missing days. So she's hopefully already... we got our sickness out of the way for the school year. Man, you front-loaded that right, didn't you? Man, Holy yeah. hell. Yeah, absolutely. Man. So that's, hopefully we got that part done. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, we're going to front front load a few announcements here coming to you from mainly the Unhinged Sports Network side of the house. This Sunday, we're making a big announcement that will affect the whole network. So everybody that's involved with the Unhinged Sports Network, like we are here at Ramblin' About Racing, we're going to come out with a big announcement here in the next few days. It'll be official Sunday, so stay tuned and follow us on all social media platforms to find out more about that. And we also have to say on top of the show, sending our thoughts and prayers to the family of Bob Jenkins, who passed away at the age of 73 due to brain cancer, an unfortunate loss to the motor racing announcement, a legendary announcer in the motor racing, Bob Jenkins. Um, I didn't really grow up listening to him, but I do remember him from the NASCAR video games when he introduced all those stuff. So terrible stuff. Keep thoughts and prayers. Make sure to go to our sponsor page at ramblingaboutracing.com. Sign up if you want to help out with Stand Up to Cancer, one of our sponsors here on the show, and help out any way you can. It's just a terrible disease, so sad to see him go. But, Charlie, besides the sickness, man, how are you doing today? 
Uh, doing, doing pretty good. So at least it was a, I guess a semi day off other than running to the doctor and stuff like that. I guess it was a lay in bed and in a fetal position and take a good long nap. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it happens like so, that, man. I'm just glad you're doing all right. Well, you did, at least you weren't sick last weekend when you raced last Saturday, when you raced in the Cub Light Series there at South Alabama, finishing third again. Man, that's got to be a frustrating thing to always just finish third. At least, well, for one, at least you're finishing on the podium, getting trophies and getting recognized there at the pre at the post race interviews. But man, finishing third all the time and then having a second night a few months, about a month ago, taken away from you. I say more so than anything. I mean, how do you keep going? You just I feel like you're getting so closer, so much closer every week. Yeah, um, I think just finishing third all these races this year is still a momentum boost, especially after the season we had a couple of seasons ago where we wasn't even finishing races. I mean, every race we got in, we dropped out. It was ridiculous. I mean, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. We'll figure something out. And this race, we, we didn't fall as far back. Those two guys, the guys that's been, you know, first and second pretty repetitively. So maybe we're starting to figure a little something out and maybe we can build on that and finish finish strong these last four races. I, I think you will, man. You got a good organization there. You're doing nothing but going up. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. I know I enjoyed it. It was a different view this week from infield. I, I love the way we announced, hey, on social media, stay tuned for this. There's this person who whose sole purpose at the racetrack is to bring you the the video of each race and that one time we posted on social media she didn't show up she wasn't there i was like golly i want to let down there but uh, yeah, hopefully was, they'll be back in a couple weeks and hopefully they will man. Uh, we can go from there what i would like to see is like and and i know it's so difficult probably at the short track level and i don't know if south alabama would do that probably have a way to stream it, but have a ticker. And on top of that, have like announcers announce the race. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like even the PA announcer, just tie into that. But I think South Alabama is this type of speedway that you don't really need it. The action speaks for itself. At least it does every time I watch the races. It's so much fun to watch, man. Yeah, there's there's usually a lot of pretty good racing. Um, Our class had some good racing this past weekend. And then another class had some some really good racing, especially there at the end at the finish. So. Yeah, really great, man. Really great to see. And I'm, I'm glad you uh, showed up today, regardless of your sickness or not. Preston is not here again this week. And uh, I don't know what to think about Preston right now. Our Formula One guy is uh, either doing one of two things, I feel. One, he's just avoiding the show completely, which I don't think is the case. Or two, he knows that Formula One's been messing up here lately and he doesn't want to feel the wrath of Charlie. <laughs> yeah, uh, disappointed with Formula One. Uh Glad they are on a break. They need it. They need to get their crap together on this break and uh, hopefully make some rule changes, especially after they royally screwed Sebastian Vettel out of a out of a second-place finish a couple weeks ago. Well, I got to ask you this. This is going to be our first topic of the day here, and it goes back to Silverstone and Lewis Hamilton, in a sense, and Max Verstappen getting into that accident on the first lap going into, I believe, turn seven there at the racetrack. They red-flagged the race to repair the wall and, clean up everything, but then Total Wolf, who is the team principal there at Mercedes, who is on, who is Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Botas as the drivers, contacted the FIA official and said, hey, I sent an email to you. Now, here's my question. Do you think it's right, regardless if it's, I, more so it's Formula One because it's so political, do you think that's a right 
thing to do in the middle of the race or should the FIA look at that and says, hey, don't talk to the officials during the course of the race and try to sway the decision one way or the other? No, there should be no contact with the officials. Unless the officials approach you, there should be no contact with the officials right. during a race. Have you ever been in a situation like that where – uh, I guess not necessarily on on my level. There was a there was one incident where I guess I should have won our opening race three or four years ago, and there was a ruling saying that well, if we throw the first place car out, we're going to throw the second, third place car out as well. And I finished second, and they were you know talking about, and I, I was perfectly legal. I was going to argue it up and down, but there was just no changing the official's mind, right? And and unless the official comes to you. I think you're wrong if you get if you put yourself in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't like that. I because you're you're trying to you're trying to sway that that decision, right? And that's why I think a lot of people, especially here on the Western Hemisphere of the world, and more so NASCAR fans in general, don't like Formula One because you can whisper in the officials' ear. I remember watching the documentary Cena, and Cena cut through something. You got to watch a documentary to exactly find it out. I think it was in Japan towards the end of the race, and if he would have won, he would have won the championship. Well, Alan Prost wrecked out of that race because of of his collision with Senna. Alan Prost went to the officials and started talking, and they got Ayrton Senna disqualified, and Alan Prost won the championship. And it was such a, I don't know, man, a political, we've said it on the show before, or I've at least said it on the show before, you mix politics into anything, and it corrupts it. It it, it corrupts it. It's such a cancer. Well, who's to say that the official at Hamilton's box? Yeah, maybe they had the same job at the rest of the rest of the officials that all the other boxes had. But he could have been there long, and you know they may have respected his decision a lot right. more than some of the other people. And it could have been just that little bit that persuaded. And so, no, I, absolutely not. I, I think that it should be left alone until after the race. Yeah, and and I thought about that only because. I watched this best of 2021 radios up to this point, and sure enough, there's Total Wolf's contacting him saying, hey, we have an email with diagrams in there that you should take a look at. And I, I respected the official's response saying, we don't look at emails during the race because we're concentrating on the race. And he's like, well, you should look at it. And it's like, no. I mean, I think that should be a rule after the summer break. Hey, you do not talk to the officials unless an official and, comes and what out was to it you. About? It, was, it was trying to get somebody else in trouble? Yeah, it was about saying Max Verstappen was at fault for that accident coming down on Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and, and I get it. That happened a few weeks ago. Well, the golden child can't ever be at fault. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if you're the golden child of any sport, I mean, heaven forbid somebody, somebody did something wrong to Dell Jr. at the time or Dell Sr. at the time. He could whisper into, especially Dale Sr., he could whisper into Big Bill Francis ear and say that wasn't right because of this and this and this. Or back in the day where the Chevy bodies and all the bodies had to fit a template and the Fords were getting an advantage because of this and he would talk to shit. I mean, it was just politics, man. And I get it. You want to have the car competitive enough to race against everybody else and you don't want to be put at a disadvantage at any track at any situation. But I don't, I don't think you should go – I don't think competitors at any sport or any form of motorsports especially should dictate what the rules are and what they aren't. No, I, I agree, and especially during the middle of a race. No, especially not during the middle of the race. I mean, especially if you've wrecked out of that race. I mean, you, you're done. Yeah. You have no, no say-so. I mean, that's racing. I, I mean, that's kind of the opening salvo. I had a fire there because I saw that. And it just made me like, 
oh, I'm so mad at Mercedes, and more specifically Total Wolf and what he had to say. It just kind of did me in right there. I wasn't happy about that. But what do you got for your first topic of the day? What a crap weekend for Penske. <laughs> yes, it was. And not just at the uh, road course in Indianapolis or road course at Memphis, the street course, I but should Watkins say. Watkins Glen as Watkins well. Glenn, not necessarily like, in the Xfinity side of things, but the cup side of things. We thought, I thought, having Penske start one, two, three with Kozlowski on the pole, Logano starting second, and Blaney starting yeah. third, we're going to have a good Penske showing. And Penske's normally strong at road courses, more so Logano won there at Watkins Glen a few years ago. Blaney's shown success on the road courses, winning the opening race at the Roval in 2018. But there was really, I, I didn't expect Penske to run at all. Let's just say this. Penske is spending more money on repairing cars after the Watkins Glen event. They, they definitely did, by taking, far went in the hole. Oh, taking money out of the race. And, <laughs> and that's so unfortunate, so uncharacteristic. What do you think happened? I don't weekend. know, man. It's just it's one of them weekends. I mean, and now, like I said, I don't I don't follow IndyCar series a whole lot. Was this one of the first races they raced in Nashville? This was the, the first race of street coursing they did. And, on, and that, in I guess that could have could have played a lot into it. New stuff. Uh, I heard a lot of it was pretty tight. But man, they demolished cars in practice, and then went out there in the race and demolished more of them. What really put the nail in the coffin for Penske at Watkins Glen? Was it was teammates taking teammates out? That's yeah, the sucky part. And that's kind of like the golden rule in that and auto racing. You don't take your teammate out. I don't think Kozlowski meant to do it. No, absolutely not. I mean, going there, it's a heavy breaking corner, and all it takes is just that rear end to get yeah. a little bit upset, and it's it's over. Yeah, most definitely. And that was surprising with me. He didn't just do that once. He did that a few times during the race, finishing a couple laps down at the end of the race. Did Kozlowski. But it just was very surprising to see Kozlowski not handle Watkins Glen the way we normally see mm-hmm. Kozlowski handle Watkins Glen. Yeah, he doesn't have a road course win, but he's a very decent road course racer. I mean, he's usually up front battling. I mean, wasn't it him and uh, was it Marcus Ambrose uh, three, oh, yeah, four, that, five years ago at Watkins like, Glen? That was that like were 2010, 2012. Yeah. That was somewhere back in the day. And yeah, he was battling a, a road course expert. A, world-renowned road course expert in Marcus Ambrose. And that was so disappointing to see Kozlowski go through that. And that kind of leads me into this now. Is Kozlowski thinking, this is my last season with Penske. I'm more focused now. I'm shifting my focus more so now towards Roush Racing, Roush Kozlowski Racing, and taking over that six car in 2022 I guess I'm sure that weighs a lot on his mind, but at the same time, I mean, you're still under contract, Pensky. I mean, you yeah, still you, got a job to go out there and do every week. And surely he's, I mean, he's a race car driver. I mean, surely he's going out there and he's wanting to win or wanting right. to win. And I mean, all three of the Pensky drivers have a win this year. I know Kazowski's got one and was it, he may have two. Does Kazowski have one or two? He has a couple wins this year, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he hasn't performed this year, but none of those guys have been consistent this year. No, none of the Penske guys have. None of the Gibbs guys have. The only team that's been truly consistent right out of the gate and at Daytona is Hendrick. And even yeah. then, Daytona's a crapshoot in, in, in that sense anyway. It's pretty much survival of the fittest at the 500. But I, I, I kind of have to think that Kozlowski – and you're right. He is a race car driver. He is still under contract with Penske. He still has obligations to his sponsors. 
at Team Pinsky, but I would have to say that maybe it's not all there. I mean, I, if if I were in his shoes, I'd like to go out as a champion from one team to another. Yeah, I think that'll make you more marketable for sponsors, especially trying to rebuild a Hall of Fame organization like Roush for Racing, who hasn't won a championship since 2004. That was what, Matt Kenseth? That was Kurt Busch. Kenseth, Kurt Busch. Kenseth won the last Winston Cup in 2003, just dominated the season. There go the chase for the Cup was born in 2004, and that's a whole nother episode I want to talk. don't want to talk about right now because it has to deal with Brian France, and we could sit here for three hours and I could just bash Brian France. We need a bash Brian France episode coming up here, I feel, because holy cow, I, I didn't like that at all, but... Yeah, because Tim, Tim Pinsky is definitely the... Well, let's just say this. Team Pinsky got it out of the way now before the start of the playoffs at Darlington. Hopefully they got it out of the way now. And Hopefully. They, and they only have, what, one road course to contend with at, in the playoffs, and that's the Roval and Kislowski, Blaney, and Logano run well there if yeah. Kislowski doesn't run straight into the wall going into turn one. Just saying that. If. If. That's a big if. But, but if he does, it can be one. It can be one, as proved by <laughs> we, Chase we, wit- we witnessed that first time. I witnessed both of those events, and I was just, <laughs> oh, no, because I thought I was going to see Kozlowski finally win a race. That didn't happen. Anyway, doesn't matter. Team Penske, I think they're going to be fine for the playoffs. This weekend was a wash, not just for them at the cup level, but on the IndyCar side, like you stated as well, man. I hear you, man. That was a that was a bad weekend for Team Penske. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, man. Across across the racing spectrum, Penske uh, he he did not sleep very well Sunday night. No, no, especially after looking at the damage assessments, probably from all the all what six crew chiefs during that event. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It was it was yeah. a three was three fun. cup cars and what two three Indy cars, which Indy co- cars which cost and, twice as much as the cup cars. Yeah, it was a rough day. It really was a rough day, but... Folks, before we continue on with today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online store at Teespring. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, you name it. We have it, and if we don't have it, let us know what you want, and we'll make it up for you. Head over to ramblingaboutracing.com, and on the top of the page, you'll see a tab that says Store. That'll take you directly to our Teespring page. There you can find, again, all of our rambling race about racing gear, as well as our throwback in the marbles gear. So head over there, and all purchases will help out Rambling About Racing bring you more content in the future, better content in the future. But just head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or ramblingaboutracing.com. The stores tab is at the top. Click on it, and it'll take you directly to Seaspring to check out all of our latest gear. Now we got to switch it to this. Speaking of Watkins Glen, what an amazing performance by Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity race, winning that against AJ Allmendinger. And this is the trend of the show here, beating a road course expert in AJ Allmendinger and finishing very well in the ARCA race. Charlie, is Ty Gibbs the next Jeff Gordon for NASCAR? I don't think so. Okay. Um, is he, does he got some talent? Sure. But, I mean, let's face it, man. We talk about these road course experts, and we talked about Marcos Ambrose and stuff. And, yeah, back in the 
2010-2011 time frame, you had to beat the road course experts to win. All these guys nowadays have become road course drivers. I mean, they've had to. You don't you don't see teams just pulling in your your Marco Sambros and your uh, Boris Seds and stuff like that just for one race because uh, you, you don't have to anymore. Your regular Sunday drivers can perform just as good as they can. And I, I think with the the updates and these simulators and stuff like that these days plays a big hand in it. Um, I'm sure these guys are logging tons of hours and tons of laps on these road courses, working on the shifting patterns and braking and all that. But is the kid good? Yeah. Does it got a lot to do with the equipment? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, we'll see when he makes it to the Cup Series. Now, do, do you think – I mean, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Ty Gibbs, the track that he is going on, is going to be the next big thing. He is going to be the next Jeff Gordon. It's not a matter of if, but when he wins a championship, whether it be in the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series. I think he's just going to forego the Truck Series. He doesn't need that. I feel like he's got the equipment and the talent to take him all the way up to the Cup Series. And probably 2023, seeing him make his Cup debut, 2024 making his full-time start in the Cup Series in a Joe Kibbs car, probably that number 11 driven by Denny Hamlin, who is, still has a lot of fight in him. He might, silly season's up in the air. He might. There's talks of him maybe going over and starting, buying another charter, going to his own team, 2311 Racing. We'll have to wait and see on all that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I think Ty Gibbs is the next big thing. He is in great equipment and Joe Gibbs racing equipment, a team that you expect to see winning come from. But the fact that he goes out there and is competitive, not just on road courses, but on oval tracks as well, beating veterans of the sport, such as his own teammate and Daniel Hemrick, who's just having an abysmal year in that 18 Toyota car in the Xfinity series. But he's also beating the Michael Arnett's, the Justin Allgaiers. He's beating big teams there in the Xfinity series. But you said he had, we have to wait to see when he goes to the Cubs series. I, I think he's going to get up there in Joe Gibbs. Obviously, Joe Gibbs racing equipment. And I think he's going to blow everybody out of the water. Well, and I say start. that because we've seen, we've seen plenty of people go up there. And it'd be a wake-up call, and it'd take three years or so to really right. start coming alive in a Cup Series. If we're, if we're comparing him to Jeff Gordon, I mean, Jeff Gordon's kind of come into the Cup Series True. and just started yeah. winning. I mean, well, they were like, where's, where's this kid from? I think they came, he came in wrecking a lot more than he did winning. I mean, he wrecked his first race in 1990, what was it, 92? Two there at I think it was Atlanta. ninety two. Was it Atlanta? Atlanta, that big awesome race where Kwicky clinched the championship and then he just couldn't do well and then he just finally found his niche. But I think he's gonna come in kind of like he a Kevin Harvick did. Maybe not not under the same circumstances as a Harvick did, but Harvick won in his third race there at Atlanta. Those guys at Richard Childress didn't think they'd win another race. But he comes in by far one of the A-plus teams at the time and scores a win against a three-time champion at the time, Jeff Gordon. I mean, this happens once every 20, 10, 20 years. But this could be right here for me with great equipment, great talent, boom, the next big thing, Ty Gibbs. He's going to compete against a Chase Elliott, and those Chase well, my, Elliott fans out there my, are not going to like it. My biggest thing is he can get up there and perform, but the problem, my problem with NASCAR nowadays, man, is you got all these little punk kids that have no personality. 
So you say Ty Gibbs, we're going to have to wait till see him in the Cup Series. I say wait till he gets to the Cup Series. Not if, but when. Next topic here, kids not having personalities. I'm going to have to ask that an explanation on that because I'm sure if you ask people about Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, they have personalities. I'm sure, and I've actually talked to Chase Elliott, and he, he's a down-to-earth, like, talk to you like a regular person, and uh, we've met Harrison Burton's mom and dad, Jeff, talk to you like a regular person. I guess I get just a bad feeling about some of them. Some of them just come off as being little pricks. Well, give, give I, me a for I, instance. Give me a who you think is a, the biggest prick out there right now. The boy he was just talking about. I mean, he made a statement on uh, – I seen a statement he had made on Facebook, uh, and I can't remember. I can't quote it because I should have saved it, but just talking about, you know, well, I'm, I'm this good and yada, 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 and sure, he's winning races, but – Yeah, he could back it up. Yeah, okay. Well, that arrogance is going to get him in a wall. I mean, Kyle Busch has arrogance. Yeah, that's come back to bite him. But he has two championships in the Cup Series. I, I see your point there. I mean, prove it with the big dogs there in the Cup Series, but I think yep. he's proven it in the Xfinity Series. He's going to be an Xfinity, Xfinity Series champ before he goes up to the Cup Series. When he gets up to the Cup Series, it's going to be a matter of time before he wins one, two, three, four, maybe even making a run at that seven championship breaking that. Who knows? But I think that arrogance will play in his favor, and he's still young, man. You remember when you were 18 and how arrogant you were? I know I was. I, I wasn't really arrogant. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was kind of a. I got out of myself shy. I wouldn't say I was arrogant. Shoot, I got out of Marine Corps boot camp, and I thought I was hot stuff on the block, you know, until I joined the <laughs> Fleet Marine Force, and I realized, nah, kid, you're not. But that's a humbling experience that I think he's going to go through, and you're going to see Ty Gibbs grow. But what's fun about Ty Gibbs is you get to see that progression grow. I can't remember the last driver that came in. And I saw grow, except maybe a Kevin Harvick, but I really was new to the sport at the time. But maybe a Chase Elliott come up through the ranks, the Austin Dillons come up through the ranks. You know, it's just those names, I think. I think it's just a change into the guard right now. Man, that's fine. But I don't think he's a prick. I don't think he's a prick. I think he's a good kid. He's he's going to do a lot of growing here in the next few years. And let's say this. Let's go. Let's fast forward here. We're on season three right now. We'll wait till season 13, and then we'll see, compare it to these notes to those notes and see what we thought about then and now about Ty Gibbs, man. But here's my – I think we're on our third one. I've I've lost track on it, but I wanted to ask you this. A lot of talk about the Indianapolis road course coming up here this weekend for the NASCAR Cup Series as well as the Xfinity Series. And we saw the Indy road course last year for the Xfinity Series, a very good Xfinity race, but a lot of people – I say traditionalists of the sport of NASCAR want to see in Indy in its traditional form. That's the 2.5-mile oval, 400 miles there. What are your takes on this weekend? What are you expecting? Are you excited? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess I could see where they're coming from. 
And I, I back and forth. I mean, that's always been a pretty, you know, one of the legacy races, if you wanted to crown jewels, I guess. But I could also see where we'll want to change it up. It also depends on what package this year that they were wanting to bring to that track. I think on that particular track with, with what little banking that it has, I think if they brought the high horsepower low downforce package, we could run the traditional track and it'd be pretty decent racing. So, I mean, I could see where they want to run the road course. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm back and forth on that. I could play devil's advocate to myself on that one. Well, here's what I think. And, and I'm kind of a traditionalist too. I'm not a big fan of road courses. I like the oval tracks. I think we NASCAR should limit it to limit the schedule of road courses to three, and that's Sonoma, Watkins Glen, and the Roval at Charlotte. I don't think I think seven's way too much for road courses for one. Two, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Just like everything else, I'm gonna give it a shot and then declare after the race of what I think. Because I think it'd be unfair to automatically call it and say the Indianapolis road course is going to be a boring race when we saw that it could be a potentially good race last year for the Xfinity series. I know Cup and Xfinity are two completely different series, but it's kind of a good predictor of what might come. Yeah, and I think other than Coda, um, the road course racing this year has produced yeah, it, it's really has a, a lot of exciting racing. So um, I guess we'll see come Sunday. And who knows? We could be on the verge of saying, I don't think it matters really if you went on the oval or the road course in Indianapolis, you still won at the famed Indianapolis motor speedway. That's track that's been around for over uh, 100 and then, years. And then with this weekend, you're also winning on it the first time on the road Cup series runs the road course. Right. So I think there's a couple different variables there to look at. I think what really killed the oval there was the 2008 Brickyard 400 where they had that tire debacle. And I think NASCAR and Goodyear learned from that. And I don't think since 2008 we've ever had any tire issues as far as tires failing in the course of the race. We've never had that ever since then. Wow. So, but it's tough for NASCAR fans to come back from that because ever since that race, the stands haven't been filled. The excitement hasn't been there. It's just been another race on the calendar. And I think this is a good move by Roger Penske and the guys at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the guy and the NASC and NASCAR to team up and say, we can make this happen. Let's try this. Let's try it out for this year. If it works against from what I'm reading and researching, the ticket sales are going really well there. And if we see this trend go up, I don't mind sticking around as long as it, it makes a positive impact on the sport of NASCAR. Right. Because if the oval doesn't sell out, but the road course, I guess you could say, sells out and has a good run at it, then, yeah, keep the road course. Because I guarantee you, whoever wins this Sunday is still going to get on the yard of bricks and kiss it. It doesn't matter if it's on the road course or the oval. They're going to kiss the bricks, and they're going to be happy that they won there at a prestigious Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Plain and simple. Yeah. No, I could see, could see that. What, what I don't want to see, and, th and this scares the bejesus out of me that NASCAR will do this, and I guarantee you they're, they're trying to push this, is implement street courses such as, such as we saw from the iRacing street course that they planned out throughout iRacing and they raced on there in the Pro Invitational Series. I don't want to see road cor uh, street course racing like that. No, I, d I don't either. I I'm not a fan of the street course racing. 
you know, that's, that's always been an F1 thing, and it should stay an F1. It's not even just an F1 thing. We saw the calamity that it caused there at the Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, and I, it, it just it needs to stay on the open-wheel side of stuff yep. and not make its way to NASCAR. I think that would be such a detrimental blow, especially having a race like that in Chicago when, what, 50 miles outside of the city of Chicago, 50, 60 miles or whatever it is outside the city of Chicago, you have a perfectly good 1.5-mile oval, which has produced good racing over the years. Yeah, and I mean, take a take a wrong turn, you're dead. You go get shot in Chicago. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could say that, but I think maybe security will be updated a little I know, more. I know. But uh, I, I, uh, not if they defund the police. We have yeah, true, but I, well, no, 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 politics, man, stay out of it. Stay out of it. <laughs> stay out of it. But I think it's it's just one of those things where if you. Ah, man, road courses from one I know I'm not a big fan of. You can't see them. You can't get involved in the races. Invested in the races, I should say, if you're there. You remember Watkins Glen. It was just the cars coming by the front stretch, pit stops, and then after they go down into turn one, you're watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah real- I just... I don't know. I enjoyed the atmosphere at Watkins Glen. No, I mean, it was it was a fun weekend. It was a fun uh, weekend. We had a great time. It was a very historical track, and I don't think we're going to be up in Watkins Glen anytime soon unless we start traveling around with this circus and go race to race and broadcast yeah, from there. Yeah. So Watkins Glen was great. However, I don't feel like it's – I don't know. Road coursing in general, just don't bring – okay, the bottom line is here – don't bring street courses into NASCAR. We don't need it. We don't. I I could say I, we don't want it, but who am I to say that? I mean, the fans can say anything you want. That's what makes NASCAR special. We have fans that are open and brutally honest. But yeah, I, I no, might, absolutely. Might have to throw that out there, man. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things with road courses that um just uh don't sit well with me. I don't know how they sit with you. But uh, that's that's definitely a hill I'm willing to die on is the bringing no street courses to NASCAR, especially no, Chicago. I'm, I'm, I'm all for not bringing street courses. I mean, leave them out. I am as well, man. It's not a it's not the most fun thing as it is. And I, I really think it's just keep 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 it where it's supposed to be in racing and have fun with that. That's all you yeah. need to do. Yeah. But you got any more? I guess the last thing I want to touch on. Is Denny Hamlin in trouble of not making the playoffs? I, for, as far as I know, he's tied with Kyle Larson. If, for if you look at the driver points, but if you look at the playoff standings, he's at the bottom three with Kevin Harvick and Tyler, and Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, yep. Now, he's ahead of Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick, and he's 302 points to the good. So, does he got a good chance? I think he's got yes. Oh, yeah, he's but got an outstanding chance. He's not been running good. He's been running fine. A average finish of in the 8.4s or whatever. He's been running decent. All right, he's so been running very decent. Let's all right, Tyler Reddick's been running pretty good on road courses. So let's say Tyler Reddick goes into Indianapolis, wins. Okay, then it's just between him or Har- and Harvick. Harvick and Hamlin. And then we go into Michigan and Daytona. Both drivers. So that's three more races with the possibility of three different winners. Right, you're you're one hundred percent right. So who's to say Tyler Reddick doesn't win the Indianapolis Road Course and shocks the world, and then come Michigan, let's just say a squeaker down there, Austin Dillon wins. 
And then all of a sudden, you have the Benedetto winning Daytona and the Cinderella story to lock himself into the playoffs. Yeah, or even Ross Chastain. Or Ross Chastain, good point. He has a win there in the truck series. Yeah, and he ran good at road courses past weekend. He really did. But I, I think he's going to be just fine in making the playoffs. I think those predictions and those what-if scenarios we just mentioned are very far-fetched to the point where – I don't far fetch anything. I, I think it's gonna. I think those are far fetched scenarios. Daytona, maybe <laughs> not. Daytona is up in the air. We could hit a random number generator, and that yeah, guy, especially when his own team that he co owns is liable to wreck out half the field. Well, anybody's liable to wreck out half the field. I'm more worried about Eric Almarola than I am anybody else. But the chances else. of somebody else doing it, and you know who I'm talking about, no. especially after <laughs> Daytona earlier this year, is as aggressive <laughs> as he was. Well, I, yeah, a lot of people were aggressive at Daytona. I'd say Team Penske was more aggressive than anybody. Heck, Team Penske and the Logano and Kozlowski caused a big one on the final lap. Yeah, it was the final lap, though. Yeah, true. You, you're one, of, but yeah, lap fifteen. I remember that. I, jeez, that was that surprised the heck out of me when I was there. But going back to Logan or Hamlin, I think Hamlin's going to be safe. I think it's going to take. Three different drivers winning in order for him to be locked. Now, even if Tyler Reddick is locked into the playoffs, he's he's locked into the playoffs. It's gonna I, I think it's gonna take three different drivers outside of the top sixteen. I'm talking to Benedetto, Chastain, Dylan, Bubba Wallace. It's gonna take a lot of I think it's gonna take three people outside the top sixteen in order to knock out Hamlin, Harvick, and Reddick. I think, right. I think he's 100% fine. I think he's going to make the playoffs, and I think he's going to be very competitive in the playoffs because we've I've seen Denny Hamlin this season not live up to the potential of last season, but last season's in the history books. It's well, neither with. is Harvick, though. In Harvick, yeah. Just ask what's wrong with those guys. I mean, yeah, something's obviously wrong, but to compare it to last year, I mean, who cares about last year? Let's worry about this weekend at the Indianapolis road course. That's what I have to say. It's, it's it's such an easy trap to fall into. I think Hamlin's going to make it just fine into the playoffs. Him and Harvick are running very consistently. They're veterans of the sport, been around for a long time in the sport of NASCAR. They know what they're doing, and I think it's that far-fetched scenario we just talked about. But what are your takes on it? Do you think Hamlin will make the – or is in danger I, of getting out? I don't know. I, I just, you know, with your super speedways always being the last – race of the year you know you get wrecked out early in that race your, your points really start dwindling and anything can happen depending on who gets taken out with you yeah we saw that with jimmy johnson in, in two races uh two years in a row where he didn't make it in the final race of the cutoffs and talking about that and talking about, i think really the big x factor in the final three races leading up to the playoffs is daytona anybody could win there anybody has a shot of winning there but i think you're going to see your regular Past Daytona 500 champions run up there. Your restrictor plate aces run up there. But you never know. Kozlowski's won at Daytona before. We've seen Logano win at Daytona before. I might almost bet that whoever's in the top 16 in points is going to be the most likely winner at Daytona, not anybody outside. I mean, that's a good statement. I think us saying that there's going to be a surprise switch up here at the end. It's it's so far-fetched, man. Is it possible? Absolutely. Anything is possible in auto racing. I didn't expect to see Eric Amarola win in New Hampshire. 
did not expect that at all. No, I don't think he was all. on anybody's and, radar. And he's what the only Stuart Haas team with a win. Yeah, this season he's the only Stuart Haas driver with a win. But who's to say another one won't win? Cole Custer, Stuart Haas racing driver, very good race car driver. I'm surprised he hasn't developed more quickly in that equipment. But something's wrong with Stuart Haas racing this year. That's just I don't know what's guiding them. I think it was something with the front end or something or downforce they took away like 80 points of downforce or something nascar did and that's just killed them but well, they can take away the downforce at daytona yeah <laughs> it's such a interesting dynamic right there it's going to be fun to see these final three races are going to be nail biters dude they really are i think everybody's going to if you're outside and not locked into the playoffs you're going to be going for broke mm-hmm at Indianapolis, you're going to be taking chances there that you haven't taken normally. You're going to be taking chances at Michigan, and you're definitely going to be taking chances at Daytona. I think Hamlin is fine. I think he's going to be fine throughout the course of the regular season. I think he's going to be regular season champ. You think he'll be regular season champ? Yeah, I think he'll be regular season champ. Okay. You know, Kyle Larson runs well. He's running very well this season. Five wins of the season. Who would have thought that coming back? after a year hiatus, and after the year he experienced last year. And I'm breaking my own rule from earlier in the episode where I said don't compare it to last year. I mean, all they did last year was race dirt and win, so. Yeah, I mean. He kept, and then he, he went to a track last night and won $25,000. Yeah, I mean, this guy. I, Kyle I, Larson, all he does man, is win, man. It's freaking crazy. I, it's going to be fun seeing him race later on i i can't believe he's doing so well after coming back from that kyle larson man what a great gamble and return on investment he had with rick hendrick there but yeah i think i think hamlin's gonna win the regular series champ regular season championship he's been doing well all year in points running very consistently he hasn't really been putting himself in a position just counting down laps and getting the stage points and what he needs to do in order to win i think he's gonna be fine okay yeah, what I'm really worried about is is Harvick. You know, he Yeah, I mean he's he's borderline, man. It's been he showed moments. I think his best chance Michigan. Oh yeah. He swept both races there last season. He's done well at Michigan. He's done well this season. He hasn't done horrible. It isn't like he's wrecking out every race. It isn't like he's doing well not doing horrible. He's gonna earn his way into the playoffs the old fashioned way in as far as points. I, I think it, it, this is uh, Stuart Haas races. Stuart Haas Racing's time to say we have got a good thing going in the regular season. Let's focus on the playoffs now. Let's focus on what we could do better for the playoffs to ensure that we get to Phoenix. I think they can do that with Amarola, but I, I don't think they could do that with Harvick yet. I mean, because he still I, is I'm, borderline. I'm just the opposite. I think they could do that with Harvick, but Amarola is going to be out within the. First round of 16. Oh, yeah. I think regardless of what they do with Amarillo, he'll be out within the first, first you know, round. Yeah, he's going to be joining those first four groups of cars, leaving the playoffs early. And then when we go into the round of 12, he's going to be leaving early. And then the round of eight and then the round of four. I, I think Amarillo is going to be out on the outside looking in after the final race there at Bristol. That's just me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He'll be out. Man, I mean, you got anything else before we hit into our final thoughts? What a great episode. A lot of great topping points. If you want to be a part of the conversation, let us know what you think using hashtag, what you think ITM, and tell us what you think. I mean, either you agree with us or you don't. We we love it. We were supposed to, and in a little disclaimer here, we were supposed to have a fan interaction show today. However, that mm-hmm. did not happen because no one responded to our 
request. <laughs> well, we have we have one, didn't we? And then something we, come up, we, oh, and we yeah, weren't able to make it. We had it. one come up actually. I I apologize. He he, but something came up. He couldn't make it. But what a bummer, man. I mean, we want he doesn't want to just talk racing. If you love racing, this is the podcast for you, and this is where you want to be. If you want to be on it, let us know. And if you just want to join the conversation on Twitter or social media, hashtag What Do You Think ITM. But Charlie, let's go ahead and get into our final thoughts here. Yep. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Rambling About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you... Like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on Rambling About Racing, this 99th episode. Man, I'm I'm so excited about this. 99 episodes, one more to go till episode 100. If you've been listening since episode one, thank you so much, man. It's been so much fun and then being brought onto the Unhinged Sports Network and another announcement coming up here. Our social media has grown, our viewers have grown slowly yet steadily, man. I, I'm not going to lie. We just now hit forty nine hundred download downloads of the episode of the show, and I thought we were going to establish that by month two. I was wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> but on on that note, we're, we're getting there. We didn't have Charlie <laughs> until what five episodes ago full yeah, time. I'd probably say it's been about five episodes. You saved, I don't think I, you don't saved think a I, show. I don't think I made that big a difference. <laughs> no, you really have, man. It's been a lot of fun here, especially with Preston not being here. I wish he'd come back, but I know he's got his own little stuff to fight, man. We're just going to let that play out. And if Preston shows up, Preston shows up. If he doesn't, I mean, I've always got my best buddy, Charlie. I can't, you know, who else would I want to do the show with? I understand that. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave it up to you, man. We got our This Week in NASCAR and a very special Driver of the Week, which is going to be actually a figure of the week. And do you want to go go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll lead off. All right, man, so go ahead. We, we touched base on him beginning of the show here. Um, not so much Driver of the Week. We're going to cover the late Bob Jenkins. Yeah, man, and uh, I think that's um, fitting for this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Bob Jenkins, born September 4th, 1947. And passed away August 9th, 2021, was a television television and radio sports announcer, primarily calling IndyCar and NASCAR telecasts for ESPN and ABC and later NBC Sports. His late position was the lead commentator for NBC Sports on coverage for on coverage of the IndyCar series. He retired from broadcasting after the 2012 IndyCar season finale to care for his wife, Pam, who was battling brain cancer. After his wife's death that offseason, it was announced by IndyCar and NBC officials that he would come out of retirement for Indianapolis 500 final practice coverage in 2013 and would be available in a reserve role. 
as far as education, he attended Indianapolis University, and he actually went for announcing and, and media. That is the gist of what they they give me here. So he come out of retirement just to cover the 2013 Indianapolis 500, and unfortunately, uh, the world of motorsports has lost a great icon and figure to the broadcasting booths. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling and our times are coming. We never know when we're going to die, and, and he's definitely left a positive legacy mm-hmm. in the sport of auto racing, not just for IndyCar but for NASCAR as well. Like I said at the top of the show, I don't remember, especially in the early 2000s, watching him or listening to him call the races like I did in Alan Bestwick or Mike Joy, but I could only imagine when those voices are – not silenced because you always have the archival footage of them calling races, but you have the you have them just extinguished like that. It's so unfortunate. Like I said, one of our sponsors of Rambling About Racing is Stand Up to Cancer. It's under our sponsors tab at ramblingaboutracing.com if you want to help out with there. I know I have. And anything that we could do in order to just eradicate that terrible disease that has taken so much from everybody's Pray for his family and friends. It was glad, but good one, Charlie, right there. Good call on that. Figure of the week here at Rambling About Racing. And for this week in NASCAR, we go back to August 8th in 1976. Dave Marcus claims his first win on a super speedway in the Talladega 500. Marcus finds himself in the catbird seat when Buddy Baker has to pit for fuel with three laps to go in the race. That had to be unfortunate for Baker, but a very good First win for Dave Marcus there on August 8th, 1976. And that is your This Week in Racing here on Rambling About Racing. Charlie, can't thank you enough for being here, man. I'm sorry you're feeling under the weather, but I think I think we have the sound issue figured out here. The quality of this episode came out great. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And, Charlie, I, I think that's about it. Unless you have yeah, anything um, else you I- no, I think we've pretty well covered, you know, the topics that we wanted to talk about. Oh, you know, oh I missed something. I missed one thing. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I almost missed this. In the Marble 2.0 standings after oh, yeah. Watkins Glen. Almost Somehow missed or that. another, Charlie jumped all the way to the lead. It must have somebody hacked the system, but oh, well, it is what it is. Oh, well, it is, <laughs> it is what it is. Our Patreon, Matt Camper, still in the lead with 4,318 points following Watkins Glen. SMR R&D seconds. S-Blades third. Smoking Woody fourth. SMR Operations 5th, who is Preston, by the way. I'm in 6th, breaking that 4,000 mark at 4,001 points. Now you're 70 points behind me, 71 tactically, at 3,930 points. I don't know why I said it like that. 3,930 points. Unhinged Racing 8th and Summer Racing's 9th. Again, that's for a $100 Amazon gift card at the end of the year. If one of the host win it as far as myself, Preston, or Charlie win it. That gets added on to it, and the next year it's $200 Amazon gift card. But it looks like Matt Camper is uh, in the catbird seat, as we heard in uh, this week in NASCAR. With that, going into these final 13 races here. Indianapolis Road Course this weekend, by the way. The times on that are as followed. Sunday, August 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC. That's going to be the Indianapolis Road Course from the Cup for the Cup Series. Saturday, August 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN is going to be the Xfinity Series from the Road Course there. 
and no truck race this weekend. They're starting their playoffs, and then the next time they're going to be racing there in the truck series will be August 20th at the Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. That's a mouthful, but that's going to start off their round of 10 playoffs there. But, Charlie, anything else before we wrap it up here, man? I, it's been a good episode. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And make sure to let us know what you think using hashtag what you think ITM. But, Charlie, anything uh, yeah, else? Absolutely. Nothing else from me. You know, guys, if you want to be on the show, let's go to the yeah, whether page you're, there. Whether you're a driver or not, ramblingaboutracing.com. Register as a guest and give us your information, and we'll bring yeah, you on we'll the get show. Get you on the show next week, and or see anytime, what you got to say. Anytime, yeah, yeah. Whether we agree with it or not, uh, you know, Matt will Matt will talk things over with you, and I'll I'll argue with you. That's what I'm here for. That's right, Charlie. Man, you do a good job of it. But Charlie, if you got nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here on Rambling About Race. And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. From the latest and greatest from the world of auto racing and from here at our show, make sure to follow Charlie at Chuck8384 on Twitter and myself, mbamer 22 on Twitter as well. I'd like to thank all of our show's partners, Flag and Anthem, Stand Up to Cancer, and Fanatics for all they do, not only for us, but for the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Charlie Herkus, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.